In the tiki 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 room, in the tiki 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 room, all the birds sing words and the flowers croon. In the tiki 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 room. Encompassing World Showcase, the Tapestry of Nations, a joyous procession of color and music, sets the pulse of our celebration and invites you to join in. Okay, Ellie, crank it up, because we're getting ready to rock on this exclusive live broadcast. W Radio, your information Hello, everybody, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 215 for the week of March 27th, 2011. This is an exciting year for the Disney community with the introduction of new attractions, resorts, destinations, and special events. And some of those events include those held by and for D23, the official community of Disney fans. This May, they'll celebrate the 40th anniversary of Walt Disney World with Destination D and a companion scavenger hunt. Later this summer, the D23 Expo returns to Anaheim, California. This week, I welcome in Jeffrey Epstein, the Disney geek from D23, to learn more not only about him, but some of the history of D23, some upcoming special events, what's new, and what's next. I'll play more of your voicemails at the end of the show, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. On March 10th, 2009, the answer to the cryptic question asked by Disney to its fans of Are You 23 was revealed in the form of a press release, a news conference, a brand new website, and the launch of the all-new D23, the official community for Disney fans. And the reaction to the announcement was as quick as the speculation that preceded it, and many Disney enthusiasts, like myself, were quick and proud to become first-day members of this new club because not since things like the Mickey Mouse Club was there anything where Disney enthusiasts could come together other than the unofficial Disney communities online. And I think they didn't mean to replace but wanted to complement what was happening. And it started out as a club, but it's grown over time, including events both large and small, informal gatherings, entering the social media space, and a new video series and because of those videos, the sort of unofficial face of D23, the man behind the magic, is my next guest. It is Jeffrey Epstein, the Disney geek. Jeffrey, welcome to the show. Lou, you are much too kind. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> I had a lot more written just to sort of, you know, embellish my, my love for the geekdom that is Jeffrey Epstein, but we'll get to that later. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, I mean, uh, I've been fortunate to uh, to have met you at some of the events and and over time and and uh, become friendly with you and, and really enjoy what you're doing there. But I, I, Jeffrey, I want the people who only know you as the Disney geek to get to know the real Jeffrey. I want to know about the man behind the geek. Tell me a little bit about your background, maybe growing up. You know, were you a Disney fan early on, or sort of a latecomer to the Disney geekdom? Lou, I was going to say, I mean, behind, the man behind the geek is still a geek. Um, yeah, I, I, I have been a Disney geek ever since I was seven years old and went to Walt Disney World for the first time with my family. I, I remember it very, very clearly. I uh, was overwhelmed, as I think many of us are on our first trips to the Disney parks, and instantly fell in love, and I wanted to move there. So who knew? X amount of years later, we will leave that uh, sort of <laughs> open-ended, um, that in fact I, I would be living uh, as part of this incredible magic kingdom. So yeah, it was, it was a geekdom from age seven on. Yeah, I think a lot of us sort of start down that same path, sort of just loving Disney and whether it's from the movies or watching Walt or reruns of Walt on, on TV growing up. But how do you sort of make that jump and sort of make your dream a reality? Because uh, you are. You're living the dream for a lot of people. You go from young Disney geek to <clears throat> somewhat older <laughs> Disney geek. Uh, how do you start working for the company? Um, well, I, before I was at Disney, I was the entertainment editor at Us Weekly. And through the years, I had made some really terrific contacts. I had certainly applied for jobs at Disney. It was something that I'd wanted to do. I frequently went to the Disney Careers website. Um, and eventually, the timing was right. I ended up meeting Stephen Clark, uh, who runs D23, who is the, the genius really behind the entire program. And fate just dealt me a really great hand. I think that that, that is... Uh, what happens for a lot of us who work at Disney, we, you know, we dream of working here for a long time and then, you know, to not to sound cliched, but those dreams come true. Uh, I was really, yeah, I was really lucky. I remember, you know, all through life thinking, oh, I wish I'd done the college program or if only I'd done this. And, and um, certainly being the entertainment editor at Us Weekly was a wonderful, amazing, prestigious gig. I by no means mean to uh, m diminish its uh, fun or excitement or, uh, anything, the impact that it had on my life, but I'd, I'd always been a, a true Disney geek at heart. So the opportunity to get to work not only for Disney, but get to work for what would become Disney's fan club was a fantastic opportunity because as you said in your intro, we've gotten the chance to know each other. And one of the things I really, really love about D23 is it gives us the D23 team, many of us whom are huge Disney fans, the opportunity to interact with our biggest, most passionate fans. Yeah, and I wasn't sure if you would have done the yes, I was a college program, or you know, I grew out, grew up outside the the, the gates of Disneyland, and I sold ice cream. And next thing you know, Marty Sklar walks by and says, "Yeah, this is our guy. We want this ice cream guy to be our our D twenty three. But let's talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it wasn't quite quite that uh, you know starlet in a supermarket <laughs> experience. I, I definitely was a was a Disney fan. It started with the parks. I think a, a lot of us it, it, it begins that way because it's a very tactile experience, and and you really get to live Disney that way. And then certainly huge fan of the animated films. Love the live action features, and was a big fan of the Mickey Mouse Club in the eighties. Growing up, um, that sort of second iteration of the Mickey Mouse Club is what I grew up with, and and 
really the who, what, when, why, where, and how day completely had me in every every week. So were you a uh, were you a theme park guy, or were you a Disneyland or Walt Disney World guy early on? Well, I, I actually never um, I didn't go to Disney World until I was 15 because I was an East Coaster. So Disney World was our vacation spot, but going to Disneyland obviously was a huge impact on my life. Um, being able to see the original park and all of the incredible detail work that went into it. So I, I immediately fell in love with Disneyland and, and love it honestly, as much as I, I love Disney world. So when, uh, when you do get a chance to meet Stephen Clark and you, you come on board with D 23, was this very early on? Was it sort of pre launch or, or after the launch back in 2009? It was pre launch. Um, Stephen and the, the, as it was, D23 team at the time, people like Becky Klein, who's now the director of the archives, and um, Carmen Capone, who's the editor-in-chief of Disney 23, the publication, and Jared Cohn-Richards, who's our art director, who makes everything look so beautiful. They'd already been on board um, brewing this up for well over a year um, after Bob had and Stephen had spoken about it. And they brought me in probably about six months before launch and, and uh, let me in on the secret and all of the fun. So what did you think when you first heard about what this D23 was going to be? Because it really was sort of a, a radical idea. Again, like I said, there were things like the Magic Kingdom Club and there was the Mickey Mouse Club, but there was nothing really like this, was, which was an organized group of fans, really. Absolutely. And that's something that, that, you know, Stephen has definitely spoken to uh, on many occasions. We've, we do a really great job of serving our fans by, um, for lack of a better word, by, by business, um, by, you know, parks or studios. You know, there's, there's Disney Vacation Club or annual pass holders for the parks. There's Disney Movie Club and Disney Movie Rewards. If you're a movie person, there's the Collector Society. If you're, uh, you want to be part of the Disney Consumer Products fan club, for lack of a better word. But there wasn't one overall club for everyone who celebrated Disney and, and in a way sort of tied all of those things together. So I, I had said at the beginning, Jeffrey, about how the – uh, D23 has sort of evolved and how do you think that, how do you think it has changed sort of from the goals when D23 first launched to how it's really expanded over time? Well, one of the things that I think we've remained consistently strong with that people responded to instantly was the publication Disney 23 64 pages gorgeous no advertising I think that's something that immediately resonated with Disney fans and we continue to really take a lot of pride in that um, I think where we've expanded we learned that members like a little something extra so now in every issue of the publication we do a small gift whether it's a patch that represents a logo from one of the original future world pavilions at Epcot or a vintage Christmas card from Walt Disney, things like that, that we think um, will really resonate with our fans. One of the other things that we completely learned from our members was that they love events. It's about that connection, whether it be uh, a small event like a tweet meet or a member mixer or a big event, like obviously the D23 Expo or our Destination D events or the scavenger hunts. They love getting together and we love planning things where everyone can get together. So events were going to be a small part of D23, but they really grew to be 
a, a much larger part, um, and, and we continue to expand those as time goes on. Yeah, and I want to talk about some of those events, big and small, and, and how those have grown. But I think I actually met you uh, at the first event when D23 started, which was the Studio and Archives Tour out in California. And uh. that's the thing that got me like so – and I think for a lot of people, it's those – exclusive offerings like that are what really get people jazzed up about, you know, the things that you guys do that nobody else can offer. Absolutely. I think, well, we're obviously one of the, uh, the, the Walt Disney studios is not open to the general public. Unlike say Warner brothers or universal, which, which do do tours. So Steven felt really strongly, Hey, this is a great opportunity for, a select group of people to be able to come onto the lot and have a great experience and see things that the general public can't see. So when we put the tours together, and I, when I say we, I, I really give credit to Laura Sanchez and, and Becky Klein and the archives. They, uh, they really put together a fantastic tour. They wanted to not just show you guys or show the, the D23 members, the oh here's this building here's that building it's really about the history because one of the great things about the lot and I, and I don't mean to go on too much of a tangent here is that so much of it is original not even just to Burbank but some of it goes back to the Hyperion Studios so that kind of detail really is just so fascinating and cool and to have it really be only available to D23 members is something very special and then you look at some of our events certainly like Sip and Stroll or Magic and Merriment or our 50 and Fabulous screening series. I, I really love those events. I think they're great. I think they're signature events. And I think that they create experiences that people don't really get to have outside of not only D23, but outside of Disney. It, we just, we're, we're just able to create these really memorable, magical experiences. Yeah, being able to go to the studios i was literally giddy like a kid in the candy store and i couldn't believe especially because i i do have such an interest in the history i couldn't believe where i was and what i was learning about whether it was by walt's office or the soundstage where they filmed Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea or mary poppins and then to be able to go over to the archives and you know, that for me, Jeffrey, was like the holy grail of places that I wanted to go. <laughs> and I was there and Dave Smith was there. And, you know, I've talked at length about some of the things that he, he's shown. And when I saw, I call it the bird, you know, he takes the bird from the cage at original audio animatronics bird. And I wanted to yell at him because mm -hmm. he wasn't wearing gloves. But it was, you know, to overstate it, it was, you know, monumental for me. One of the best Disney experiences of my life. And honestly, one that was only either matched or eclipsed by the D23 Expo in 2009. Uh, again, something on a scale unlike anything that we've ever seen before. Sure, there may have been small fan conventions and things like that, but D23 was incredible. And who knew you could sing, too? So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, that was a little Destination D surprise that we, that we had um, up our sleeves for people. Yeah, that... It, those kind of experiences we love. Steven is a huge Disney fan as am I. And, and uh, as I said, are many, many people on the team. So when we sit down to plan out events, we really are planning out events or planning out a magazine or planning out gifts, things that we'd want to experience or to own ourselves. So that is 
always in the back of our or back or sometimes the front of our minds. So when we're planning things like like Destination to Year, that concert or the scavenger hunt, we're like, what would we want to do? Um, which is which is really, really fun. And I think that comes through. Uh, I think that we you know certainly we can see that. And when we start talking about the Disney Geek videos, it's 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 obviously apparent. But, you know, things like the D23 Expo was amazing to me, not just as a fan, but just from a business perspective, how you guys were able to pull together all these different parts of the company and bring them together under one roof. Challenging, of course, but there was really something there for everybody. And it, it set the bar so high because of the incredible experiences I think that we all had there. And we're doing it again this August 19th <laughs> through the 21st. Be sure to get your tickets early. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, you know what? That was, it was amazing. And it really is at its heart what D23 is all about, bringing together all the parts of the company for us to celebrate them. Yeah. And the thing about the D23 Expo was none of us knew what to expect. I think there was a lot of... Uh, you know, speculation originally because something like that had never been done before. Um, I know from being there, both as an exhibitor and as a fan first and foremost, like I said, it was something incredible. We actually broadcast the whole thing and it was amazing to see the people's response who were just watching, wishing that they were there. It wasn't there in 2010. We'll talk about Destination D. But fortunately, it's coming back, as you alluded to, this summer in... uh, in summer, August 2011. Can you give us a little sneak peek, a hint? I know you're not going to tell us anything, but do your best. Give me a little something. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you anything. Well, I'll, I'll try to tell you a little something. I, I, I mean, it is really going to be another unbelievable experience. I, I, I'm personally so excited. One of the great things, and, and I think you'll be really excited, is that they're doubling the size of the Treasures of the Walt Disney Archives exhibit, which is so exciting. Um, I've gotten a, a preview of some of the items that they're going to be uh, displaying, and obviously I can't reveal them just yet, but I definitely think that fans uh, of, of all parts of Disney are going to be really, really excited. Um, we also have something new this year, the Ultimate Disney Trivia Tournament. If you are there on Thursday, you can try out. We're doing tryouts the day before the expo starts um, to find out who knows the most about all things Disney. It's really going to be, uh, I, I think, a, a battle to the end <laughs> of, of, of people who are much, much uh more well-versed than this Disney geek certainly is, but it's going to be all parts of Disney, everything from theme parks to television to uh, consumer products and animation. It's going to be unbelievable, and the prizes are going to be great, and the the, the, the actual show itself that they're putting together is going to be a blast. So, um, of course, we're bringing back the, the live auction, the fan art gallery, uh, the great presentations in the arena, and we'll be announcing a lot more of those specific details. As it gets closer, starting, I would say, in the, in the late spring, early summer, we'll start doing more press releases similar, uh, press releases and press announcements similar to how we did for the 2009 Expo. Awesome. Yeah, like I said, um, you know, disappointed that it wasn't to this year, but it's great to know that it's coming back. The things that we enjoyed about it are being not only returning, but they're sort of being plussed up. Yes, I was smiling ear to ear when you're talking about the treasures of the Walt Disney Archives exhibit. 
expanding because that was one of my favorite parts for other people. It was getting to see, you know, stars like John Travolta. I got to mention Johnny Depp's name. You know, those are things that for other people they went wild about, um, you know, certainly the collector's forum is coming back. So um, going to be really curious to see some of the other surprises that you guys have in store. But I will tell you, Jeffrey, that I was I, I, I shed a tear when they announced in 2010 that there wouldn't be a D23 Expo. But eventually we hear about this thing called Destination D. Uh, I attended that last year, just an excuse to go out to Disneyland and was amazed at what a different but still enjoyable event that was can you tell us sort of what what the thinking was in deciding to do a park specific event like destination d in disneyland as opposed to doing a full-blown expo again well absolutely we just didn't have the bandwidth and we certain to do expos every year you want to come up you want to make sure that every expo is unique and amazing and huge and full of announcements and celebrities and to be able to sustain that in a year to year basis we just we wanted to make sure that we were creating an experience for the fans that was consistently exceptional and to do that, we said, you know what, we need a year off. We need to, everyone else, you know, everyone needs to refuel their tanks. We want to make sure that we've got lots of announcements, lots of exciting things to show. Um, so what we did was we sat down we thought, what can we do in the years in between? Well, where the expo is considerably forward thinking, we thought, why don't we do an event that looks back? And Destination D was born that way. The idea being each destination is a different either moment in Disney history or a different part of the company that we celebrate. Obviously, the 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 perfect first choice for our inaugural destination D was Disneyland 55, um, celebrating 55 years of Disneyland, which was founded in 55. So it, it, it really lent itself to that. And in order to, we, we felt make it really special, we wanted it, unlike the expo, just to be for D23 members. We really wanted to mine things from the past that people hadn't seen before, um, as well as maybe give them a little bit of a look at some things in the future, because obviously we know that people love going to the parks today, so they want to know what's going to be coming up. So Disneyland 55 was a great destination for us, and that um, gave us the idea that even though it is an expo year and the original idea was that the uh, destination Ds would be every other year alternating with the expo, we certainly could not ignore the milestone that is Walt Disney World's 40th anniversary. So we decided another Destination D was merited for this year, and certainly um, the fans seem to be very excited about it. Uh, Me in particular, I'm a huge Disney World fan. So we have lots of really, really cool things coming up from that. Becky Klein is, uh, and I, and I, I know you sat through, Becky Klein and... Paul Anderson's weird Disney presentation at Disneyland. Well, they're doing weird Disney World, and it is very weird. Uh, it is it, it is going to be weirder than 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 dare I say the Disneyland one was. Um, Becky recently was telling me, and, and without revealing too much, that she was going through her office, which um, was Dave Smith's office uh, after Dave retired. She inherited the office and she was going through the shelves and looking, you know, there was a few things left and she found this videotape and she put it in and what she saw, her jaw dropped to the floor and said, mm, Destination D, Walt Disney World, done. So 
That is a, a little <laughs> bit of a hint, um, she, something that she found that's just unbelievable. And and there's there's just so many great great minds behind behind that the resort who put so much time. And you think back 40 years ago and buying a, I mean, you know, buying hundreds of acres, and it was just a, it, it's mind blowing to think of the the lines of traffic going up the floor to get in on that opening day. It's, it, you know, really looking back from, from the beginning um, to how the park came to be where it is today. Well, the thing that I like about destination D and obviously, like I said, when they announced Disneyland's one, I knew that I had to go there, even though sort of Walt Disney world is my home park. But the thing that appealed to me about the event was the size, was the fact that it was such a rare opportunity to get relatively close to these legendary Disney Imagineers, the Marty Sklars, the Alice Davises, the Exitensios, the people that aren't going to be around forever, as well as being introduced to a whole new uh, you know, legacy of Imagineering, sort of that next generation of people who are on the forefront of Imagineering. Certainly things like the scavenger hunt was a ton of fun. Um, had such a good time doing that, and, and big kudos to our friend Henry Work, who ended up winning it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Great job on his part, but you know, things like having Richard Sherman, you know, playing to a relatively small room, uh, a, a much more intimate experience than what the expo was, really was one of the things that appealed to me. And I know a lot of people uh, as well. Uh, and certainly when they announced Walt Disney World's version, there was it was a no brainer uh, that we were going <laughs> to have to go. Some things are going to change. Uh, again, you are going to bring in people like great guys like Tim O'Day and Paul Anderson and Becky and, and a lot of these people that are incredible speakers and, and know their Disney history better than anybody. But things like the scavenger hunt has changed. And when you said you were bringing a scavenger hunt to Walt Disney World, I was my mind was racing, wondering how you're going to do it. Now, instead of one day, two parks in downtown Disney, you're doing two days, four parks. I have to get my yep. running shoes on. <laughs> yep. Uh, and, and that's the great thing about the two events is one really is an event that, that gets to look back and, and really dive into the history in really colorful, creative ways with, with you know, legends like, like Marty Sklar and Bob Gurr and, and, and Orlando Ferrante and Ron Logan. Um, and, and looking a little bit forward with people like Eric Davison, uh, uh, with Eric Jacobson, um, Vice President of Imagineering and who's overseeing who oversees Walt Disney World and and that's going to be fascinating. But then we we sort of go right into the parks today with the scavenger hunt. Two days, four parks. It's so exciting. We did a a dry run of the Epcot section when we were actually in Disney World over Magic and Merriment. Um, Stephen Vagnini, who recently joined the archives, uh, has put together a fantastic team of people out there who are putting together the scavenger hunt and it was uh, so much fun and the great thing about it and, and and i hope that this was something that you experienced doing the event in disneyland was that it's the opportunity to really see the park in a different way um see things you may have missed um and particularly fans of the park may say hey i never knew that so-and-so's name was on this poster or this date happens to correlate with this or the things like that that are are really really incredible um so yeah that's what i loved about the scavenger hunt was being able to see the park that i you know that i go to very 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 frequently in a completely different light yeah i certainly felt that way about disneyland i'm looking forward to that same experience in walt disney world uh without giving anything away 
if you had any sort of tips for a first timer, for people who are thinking about coming to Destination D and participating in the scavenger hunt, what's the 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 Disney geeks tip for for this for approaching the scavenger hunt? Well, for the for the scavenger hunt, I would say strategize. Don't don't get your book and run. I get your book, look through it, read as much as you possibly can. And you've got a few hours. I think you, you don't want to, you don't want to trip yourself up by missing a key rule or detail. Um, and one of the things I think that tripped people up a little bit at Disneyland was how things were categorized. They were categorized by things that you might see dates, things like that, but they, within that say it's a small world may have five questions but they're scattered throughout the entire book so you want to make sure that you strategize and say oh wait there's all of these different questions that apply to this specific attraction let's make sure we try to hit all of them so you need to really read the book wear comfortable shoes bring water um yeah and and be ready to have fun. It's 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 definitely a lot of fun. And don't cheat. That's the other thing. Don't <laughs> cheat. We had to disqualify some people last time, and we don't want to do it again. So read those rules and make sure you stick to them. Awesome. Good idea. Good advice, especially about the water and comfortable shoes. I can attest to that because it was yeah. about 116 degrees in Disneyland when we did it last no. year. So I know. I yeah. We we actually ordered that extra 10 degrees of weather uh, that day just to make it more fun. Absolutely, it's definitely added to the challenge. But it, you know, <laughs> it, it's all these things that that we as D23 fans enjoy. We uh, these these and other special events. You mentioned things like the magic and merriment and the sip and stroll. You know, and over time, and I think this is something that when I was talking about the growth has changed and really expanded because now there's a wide variety of paid and free events in Walt Disney World, uh in, in Disneyland, and I think that has really sort of fostered that sense of being part of you guys being part of the Disney community and the Disney community coming together as D23 members. Absolutely. We love it. And and being able in the last several months to have the opportunity to go to some new places was really fantastic. And you know, we, we did um, our Cars and Stars event in New York and a member mixer there at the Times Square Disney Store. We did our Bambi screening in Chicago and a member mixer at the Disney Store uh, there as well. And we did our Fantasia screening in Boston. We have a member mixer in um, Salt, or just outside of Salt Lake City, we we are trying to reach people who aren't necessarily in Southern California or Florida. Obviously, it's easiest easiest for us to create events where we have infrastructures that already exist. But we definitely know that we have fans around the country, and we are always looking and thinking of new ways to try to uh, satisfy their desires for D23 events. Yeah, and I, I know that was one of the things that very early on uh, people were were vocal about saying, look, I can't get out to California. I can't get, you know, to Walt Disney World. I live up in the Northeast with 20 million other Disney fans. So the fact that you guys have adjusted and have gone to places like New York and Chicago, like you said, Utah, very much outside through the, the Disney theme park bubble uh, is really something that I think a lot of people we're looking for and we're very happy to hear and to that end you know i'm wondering is it something that over time you guys have looked for or taken feedback from your members and if so how do you do it is it is it you know by 
your guys' entry sort of into the social networking, Twitter, Facebook space? Um, that is certainly one way that we take feedback from our members. Absolutely, at our events, when our members talk to us, we listen to them. We do an annual member survey, which has a mix of fun questions and factual questions that we we really look at and say, oh, hey, you know, this is something that's important to them, um, and we want to make sure that we want to make sure that our members are heard. Obviously, not we can't do everything, and there are some things that are a little bit out of our realm of possibility, but we definitely we definitely listen. Um, I, I think we've hopefully proven to to some people that we really do listen and do care when when people told us they wanted uh, a lower membership we came up with the silver membership um, which works sort of as a family membership so that people who want everyone in their family to have a membership card or membership certificate can have that or you know people who may not uh, be able to afford the publication the gold membership so we, we try to be reactive um, and proactively reactive to what the members and the fans are looking for. Stephen is really a, a great driving force in, in trying to look ahead and say, hey, what can we be doing to better satisfy the membership base? Yeah, and certainly, like I said, with your presence on things like Facebook and Twitter, which really were sort of starting to come in their own when D20 they launched in 2009, you now have other channels that you guys are able to directly communicate with fans too, and I've sort of seen, you know, the the responses on Twitter that directly respond to tweets or acknowledging tweets by some of the members. So having that level of interaction as a D23 fan certainly, I think, continues to offer and foster that sense of uh, community. Absolutely, and you know, and and even if there isn't, say, an event near someone, we do really hope that you know the publication and the gifts, and you know, we do these contests. Um, fairly frequently we just we uh and we'll soon be announcing the winner um we just did a contest where the grand prize was to win a trip to the walt disney studios um and uh and meet some of the filmmakers behind those great disney documentaries that came out last year um walton uh, el grupo and uh the boys and um and waking sleeping beauty there we go um but uh I mean, so hopefully people are still feeling engaged with D23, even if they're living in places around the country where we may not be able to do an event. So when you start in 2009, do you ever anticipate that either somebody's going to come to you and say, Jeffrey, I need you to sit behind your desk and do a video every week, or you going to them and saying, hey, I have an idea to get in front of a desk and do a video every week. How does the, uh, how does the Disney Geek video series get launched? Well, we're always looking for new ways to reach the fans. Um, we sat down um, with Stephen. I sat down with Stephen, and we were talking. and And one of the the ideas that came up was, why don't we come up with a web series that really ties together all of the latest Disney news in one package? Because certainly, you can go to various places and get um, get Disney news, whether it be Facebook or Twitter or, or certain blogs, um, and and that's fantastic. Wouldn't it be fun if we did one that in sort of a, 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 a fun way and, and somewhat funny, hopefully, <laughs> we tied together all of that news each week into one fun package. I've just used the word fun way too many times in one sentence. <laughs> but um, Well, you make it that way. I mean, that's a, you make it that way. And that's why when I was saying that you're clearly a Disney fan because your personality comes through on 
the video as opposed to you know writing a blog post. Yeah, it's it's definitely fun, and and I think one of the one of the great things that's happened since people have gotten to meet me in person. Um, I think initially people might have thought that I was faking some of my enthusiasm, but then after they meet me, they're like, wow, you really are the Disney geek, <laughs> um, which is uh, flattering and, and sometimes I, I hope is a compliment. Um, but it's it's been really, really great. And, and it lets me indulge in, in my own passion for Disney, where I get to as I get to be with you on the inaugural christening cruise of the Disney dream and experience that and then share that with with viewers. Um, I just filmed a Disney geek episode today on the set. It'll be the, it, uh, um, this will presumably air after the episode is aired, but um, on the set the, of the Christopher Robin bedroom set of the Winnie the Pooh movie, which was amazing and so cool. Cause I'm so, I got to see the movie and it's amazing. And, and those are the kind of things that as a Disney geek, I just love. So if it's on Disney geek, the odds are it is really something I am truly passionate about and, and really enjoy sharing and, and hopefully um, fans enjoy it as well. Yeah. And like I said, I, I have had a, the, the pleasure of meeting you sort of in at, at events and sort of in, in other sort of, and that's you. I mean, you, that's like, they just, is that really your desk? I'm sure you get this question all the time. <laughs> yes, it's really my desk. <laughs> it is indeed. Um, I, I generally have to then clean it off a little bit. Otherwise I would never get any work done, but occasionally a, a, a plush does fall on my head while I'm working. But <laughs> yes, it was a lot neater. I, if you if, go back and watch the very first episode of Disney geek, that was really my desk. Like right. there was a little Disney stuff there. And then, um, Steven said, Jeffrey, uh, your desk doesn't look that geeky. And in fact, what happens in the second episode of the show where Steven has that discussion with me and then suddenly Tinkerbell comes in and my desk is magically Disneyfied <laughs> or geekified. Uh, I will admit Tinkerbell herself did not come in originally, but she, you know, we, we negotiated things. She came in. She was really great. Yeah, I'm sure you got guys in uh, in all different divisions of the company saying, "Hey, we have a brand new pin. We'd like you to, you know, put the pin up here, put the new Duffy costume here." So you probably get uh, <laughs> some pretty cool swag as a result of the uh, of showing off your desk. I do, and there's going to be a, 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 another contest coming up soon that I think uh, anyone who's who has Disney Geek Desk Envy will be very excited about. Oh, raid, raid the raid the desk of the Disney Geek, maybe. I like it. Some, I like it as a something like that. <laughs> there's a few things I noticed that I wouldn't mind having on my desk as well. Um, you know, but just quickly, going, you know, talking about that that personal passion and enthusiasm for what you do. I mean, it sounds like you are a fan first. You've had the chance to meet so many different celebrities and executives and go to so many amazing places. Like I said, what are some of maybe your your favorite memories or your teenage girl OMG moment since you've been the Disney geek? <laughs> um, there have been a lot of uh, OMG moments since I got here. Um Interviewing Alan Menken was unbelievable. I got to interview him at the Tangled premiere. He was so gracious and kind and um, really, really, really uh, fascinating. Um, and I got to tell you, getting to interview Bob Iger, what a great guy, smart, truly cares about the company. I loved getting to interview him on the Disney Dream. That was just a, a real highlight. And getting to be on the Disney Dream and at that at that. Uh, christening cruise was just 
uh, unbelievable. So I've, I've had a, a, a lot of OMG moments, and uh, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully a few more as well. Uh, I am sure. I am sure the uh, the hits are going to keep on coming. But you know, I think the um, I think what you do with some of the events and the things that you help plan, and, and certainly the videos, afford you the opportunity to not only share what you have and what you know, but for you to maybe learn personally. Has there been maybe one thing that you've learned since doing D twenty three that that simply kind of just amazes you even to this day? Well. That's a really good question. Um, there actually is something that I um, that I love, um, and and people don't um, people sort of make make fun of me. Um, my the coolest thing um, was when I started, uh, and you get a tour when you when you work at uh, when you work at Disney. They give you a tour of the, the studio lot. But the coolest thing, and now I get to do this because I am actually now giving um, some of the studio tours on those days, which is such a privilege. I think the coolest thing is the 176 foot long underground tunnel that connects the animation building to the ink and paint building. <laughs> I think that's the coolest thing. Um, they filmed a bunch of alias there and I was a huge alias fan. And um, it's where Dave found a lot of items that are in the archives. I think that's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and, and I'm a huge geek. And every time I get to show people that when I'm on the tour, I always preface it and say, this is my favorite part of the tour. We're going in the underground tunnel, the original Disney tunnel. Disney World may have the Utilidor, but we have the original Disney tunnel right here at the Walt Disney Studios. And that was something really fun to... Uh, to get to see and now to get to show other people. I'm sure. Look, I felt the same way, you know, when you step on that lot, you know, people talk about Disneyland and being where Walt walked and you think about the incredibly talented people that walked through those halls and the things that were created there years ago and they probably didn't even understand the impact that they would have decades later. It is uh, it is kind of overwhelming to, to think about where you are and what you have a chance to see there. So. I know that there's lots more coming for D23. So we know we have Destination D coming up in Walt Disney World in May. We've got the Expo coming up this summer out in California. Uh, what else may be coming in store for D23 members? And does it involve you singing again? Because I will tell you, when you stepped out on stage in Destination D, I didn't know you had the pipes, buddy. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, that's very flattering. It was very fun. That was, that was, that was actually, uh, talk about an OMG moment. That was a real highlight to be able to do that. Um, and, and to sing a Disney song with, uh, on Ortiz, who's a, a very good friend of mine in, in front of my friends and, and a lot of people who I've gotten to know over the last few years here at Disney. Um, that was just amazing and incredibly gratifying as for me singing in the future. I don't know. You're gonna have to ask Steven about that. Um, <laughs> Obviously, we've got some some great screenings coming up. We have the Parent Trap screening coming up in uh, June, and then uh, this winter, we'll, we'll, late fall, we'll have the screening of Babes in Toyland. Um, we've got a few more archives tours. Sip and Stroll is going to be back in October. Um, Magic and Merriment, and I have a feeling we're we're gonna you'll you'll see a few other events popping up on the horizon. Some things that that we're we're working on getting going right now to make some to make uh to make our fans and ourselves very very happy 
I love and hate the tease all at the same time. But I'm sorry, I Lou. Know, I can't. I, I can't reveal. That's all right. I didn't expect you to, but I love the fact that you guys not only look forward, but you look back as well, and you really do celebrate the history of the company. Uh, I, I think that people should certainly go and check out Disney.com/d23. Learn more about what being a member of D23 entails, not just as far as being part of the community and the magazine and the events, but some of the other unknown and overlooked benefits like discounts in places like House of Blues and Mandara Spa and ABC Store and some of the other things that you get to do. Uh, I will tell you that, again, first and foremost, as a Disney enthusiast, I I am very grateful for everything that D23 has done. I know that you guys pull a lot together with a relatively small staff. There is no army of D23 geeks running around the halls out there, and, uh, and you guys do a phenomenal job. Well, thank you, Lou, and we, we really appreciate the support. We appreciate the fan community so much, and, and we're so grateful that there are so many people who love and care about Disney as much as we do. And again, you can check them out at Disney.com slash D23. You can also watch the videos of Jeffrey the Disney Geek every week on iTunes and also over on YouTube. I'll put links to these all in the show notes. Be sure and go to some of all or all the Disney D23 events. When you do, run up and hug my guest, Jeffrey Epstein, the Disney geek. Jeffrey, thanks so much for your time. (laughs) Lou, thanks so much for having me. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again to my special guest, Jeffrey Epstein from D23. You can find him over at Disney.com slash D23. I'll also embed one of the latest Disney geek videos in this week's show notes over at WDWRadio.com. A couple of quick reminders. Don't forget, I want you to interact with me in the show. Be part of the WDW Radio community. You can email me at Lou at WDWRadio.com. If you want to be heard on the air, you can call the voicemail toll-free at 888-703-2171. Visit the website at wdwradio.com. There you can follow me over on Twitter, connect with us on Facebook, LinkedIn. Join the fun, friendly, safe discussion forums. Read our blog posts, check out photos, and of course, all the videos as well. In addition to the show, don't forget to join us every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern at wdwnewscast.com for a live, interactive video news show and discussion all about Walt Disney World. You can be part of the broadcast and the discussion right in the chat room where you can watch after the show, either on the site or listen to the audio in the iTunes feed. While you're on the site, be sure and check out the WDW Radio Shop with the scavenger hunt coming up for Destination D, the trivia contest coming up for the D23 Expo, a great way to prepare and cram, is with the Walt Disney World trivia books and the audio guides to Walt Disney World, which are available on CD or as instantly downloadable files. You can play them on your computer, transfer them to your iPod, or even burn them on CD. Be sure and check out Celebrations Magazine. Issue 16 is arriving for subscribers right now and is also available on the site. Lots of Epcot stuff this issue, including some Wayback Machine articles on Horizons, the land, some things in Walt Disney World that never came to be, interviews, games, and lots more. You can find out more, subscribe, and order back issues over at celebrationspress.com. 
Speaking of special events, be sure and check out DisneyMeets.com, not just for some of the WDW Radio Meets of the Month, but some of the other things we'll be doing around Walt Disney World, the D23 Expo, Destination D, and lots more. All that again at DisneyMeets.com. Thanks, as always, to my partners and sponsors, including MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. For all your vacation planning needs, whether you're going to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, or even an Adventures by Disney, Becky and her team get you not only the best discounts, but the highest level of personal service. You can visit them over at mousefantravel.com. If you're looking for a vacation home within just a couple of miles of Walt Disney World with private pools and spas and kitchens and game rooms, be sure and visit allstarvacationhomes.com. And next time you're in Walt Disney World, be sure and head to Downtown Disney and try out Bongo's Cuban Cafe. Delicious Cuban cuisine matched with wonderful live music and dancing on Fridays and Saturday nights. Indoor and outdoor seating, three bars, an express window. You can visit them in Downtown Disney or at bongoscubancafe.com. As always, my friends, if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share a link to the show with your friends on Facebook. And please come by, review the show, and the free WDW Radio iPhone app over in iTunes. So, of course, my friends, until next week, thank you again for taking the time and tuning in. Remember to start pursuing your passion, follow your dream, and when you do, always, always keep moving forward. I hope you get inspired and have a great week this week. Thanks again for listening. See ya. Hey, Lou. Uh, Josh, just outside of Atlanta and Douglasville, just wanted to call and uh, let you know how much I really appreciate the show and uh, how much I enjoy your optimism on the show. It really uh, gets me through the, the tough parts of the week whenever there, uh, there are those. And I uh, just want to say thank you again, and uh, thank you for all the work, and uh, keep it up. Hey, Lou, this is Herbie calling from uh, Minnesota. I just got done listening to your podcast about wait times and attractions and the best way to get around the parks and make the best of your time. Uh, there's just one thing that I wanted to remind everybody at when they're in the park, even if they haven't gone for a while or anything like that. A lot of people pick up the map and follow the park map straight through as one, two, three, four, as the attractions are labeled. That is something that I would recommend on not doing. You'll actually miss uh, a lot of things in between, and more than likely you'll also increase your wait time. So that's just something that I wanted to explicitly point out to any of the listeners. Uh, maybe you might want to even catch up on that sometime. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for listening, Lou, and I will uh, talk to you later. See ya. Hey, Lou, it's Mike Scabetta. I'm driving home from Disney listening to your newscast from uh, last week, and you're talking about the Walt Disney World Museum uh, as a possibility in the Virgin America store uh, property. And I'm sitting here thinking, wouldn't that be a great place to have Jim Corker's work. Can you imagine Jim in a Walt Disney World Museum in Central Florida being able to talk to guests and expand on all of the stories he has stored between those two ears? It would be the Walt, the fault of Walt live. Just an idea, Disney. Hey, Jim, hope everything's going okay. Take care, everybody. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is uh, Brian from Philadelphia, uh, Doc Brian uh, online chat. And uh, I want to say how much I enjoyed the cruise and review show. Um, it was great hearing all the stories uh, from the trip. Um, yeah, we were on the trip, uh, my wife and my daughter and I. It was a lot of fun. And uh, it was great listening to the recap. Uh, brought back a lot of great memories. Um, it was really nice to meet uh, you and your wife and Becky and the rest of the gang there. And it really was a trip of a lifetime. 
uh, still lamping over our fences in the uh, aqueduct uh, with my family there, and uh, you know, looking forward to hopefully uh, cruising and doing it again. So thanks for everything, and the dessert party too. It's uh, the holiday dessert party was a great way to kick it off. So uh, thanks again for uh, a very memorable trip, and uh, to Becky as well.